Welcome to Punta Vista, episode 73. You find yourself alone on a beautiful tropical beach. <laughs> you're taking a stroll. You're not really sure how you got here, but you're taking a stroll. Off in the distance, you see a lone woman uh, spearfishing in the surf. She's stabbing the fish and then saying, Ew, gross. And that's Lucy. Hi, Is Lucy. that me? Why am I spearfishing? Well, you don't like it. I'll tell you that much. Did I just hmm. learn this? Because I'm in Hawaii immediately. Well, I'm an adept spearfisher. We don't have answers for the listeners. No one That's said true. adept. <laughs> just a terrible spearfisher. <laughs> just hammering the water, getting nothing. You're spearfishing, but, you know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> you see a thatched hut in the distance. <laughs> you continue your strolling over towards it. Uh, from inside, you hear the muffled sounds of the mighty, mighty boss tones. <laughs> you see the beaded curtains in the front of the thatched hut part. And you see a pervert with a beautiful mullet beckoning you inside. That would be Ben. Well, Hello, Ben. I, I'm very confused because you said mullet and I said, that's me. And then you said pervert. What's going on? Hmm. Well, you know, I don't want to reveal all of your secrets. Can I just say that up until about... Uh I'm going to say five days ago, I thought the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and They Might Be Giants were the same band. You know what? In my head they, they are. are, and I don't care mm. to differentiate between them. <laughs> no, me either. Yeah. Uh, just speaking of Scar, uh, a full, what day is it? A full four days ago, a uh, friend of the show, Ben Juggles, was trying to explain to me why he hated funk and said to me the words, I feel about funk the same way you feel about Scar. That's disgusting. And I have oh been goodness. so angry about Oof. that for days now, and I'm not letting go of it. That's awful. It's very reasonable. That's what? Oh, me being angry. I thought you were saying. Yeah, he no, no, said no. it was reasonable. Oh. Hmm. It's how can you not like funk? Even people that like, even if you don't actively seek out funk, if funk comes on somewhere, you're always going to be like, oh, this is funky. This is cool. I'm having a good time. <laughs> we'll never say that. All right. Well, you don't. Uh, this is an internal monologue. And it's oh boy, literally this funky. Is funky. Oh. <laughs> just, just clicking your finger. <laughs> what is that? Is that a bass guitar? Oh. Ooh. Hey, I'm not done yet, by the way, guys. Oh, uh, the mulleted purple beckons you inside <laughs> to an uncomfortable looking couch that's clearly been lashed together out of bamboo. And he's demanding that you sit down next to a jumpy fellow named Theo. Hi, hey, Theo. I feel like calling me jumpy kind of gives like way too much activity to what I'm like. You're certainly more of a <laughs> passive creature. Uh, definitely. <laughs> more, more frightened than jumpy. Yeah, I'm more, I'm more aiming to capture like a nervous energy there. Skittish mm. as in you're like you're on the balls of your feet ready to run if a loud noise happens. But mm. I also am not physically capable of running because I lack You will fight before it happens. <laughs> mm. The mustachioed pervert demands that you sit with him and watch a classic VHS. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 1999 Carrot Top comedy Chairman of the Board. Five for five. We we have so to far. get we have to get that for you, Ben, on VHS. <laughs> I, I've never seen available. it anywhere on VHS. Um, it's a, it exists. It exists. I've I've done some recent research. Um, <laughs> Great. And here, in behind you, comes me, Andrew, locking the beaded curtain behind me, <laughs> and demanding that you listen to my political opinions. Super gluing all of the beads together. <laughs> One solid sheet, and also insisting that you sit down on the couch and listen to the things we have to say on this. 
Punta Vista, episode 73. Folks, what is 7 plus 3? Um, um, I, do you I want someone time. to answer this? Is that one of those things where you need us to, or you're just going to keep going regardless? Uh, both. Ten. I feel like it's, it's more than 8. Okay. <laughs> it is 10. And what are the 10 most beautiful words in the English language? Sky News fires Ross Cameron due to racist Disneyland rant. <laughs> oh, that was incredible. Wow. <laughs> I'm not even going to verify if that was 10 words. Oh, dear. That's right, folks. Uh, what do you think that? He got intro. fired. Why? Uh, well, have you, have you actually not caught this story? I called that he for, got fired. I didn't actually. I didn't find out why. It's a lot. For a for a racist Disneyland rant. <laughs> what is a racist <laughs> Disneyland rant? So, so um, I'll, I'll read to you here. Well, you're about to find out. Oh, boy. I'll read to you here. Oh, that's my cellar door. <laughs> <laughs> read to you from uh, news.com.au. Uh, Sky News commentator Ross Cameron has been sacked by the broadcaster after launching into a racist rant about Chinese people visiting Disneyland. The comments, which went to air on Tuesday, were described by Sky News chief executive Paul Whitaker as, quote, totally unacceptable. Cameron was the host of Outsiders on Sky News, which he presented with spaghetti-haired fuck Rowan Dean. Uh, Sky News is committed to robust discussion and debate. However, this language is totally unacceptable, said Whitaker. Cameron's rant used a number of unusual and racially loaded descriptions of Chinese people. Blame on here's, me. here's the quote for you. <clears throat> quote, if you go to the Disneyland in Shanghai on any typical morning of the week, you'll see 20,000 black-haired, slanty-eyed, yellow-skinned Chinese desperate oh. to get into Disneyland, he said. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, according to the lot. Guardian, according to the Guardian, Cameron was defending China at the time. Oh, my I mean, goodness. Oh, my God. And that's what? the thing, is that, like, he has been, it's like, uh, I don't know if you've got the Andrew Bolt thing already loaded up, but, like, I Bolt's do. like, I don't like China, but he always goes into bat for them. Like, this has been his thing for ages. He's just a fucking old-timey racist and has no other, <laughs> no idea how else to be. Apparently, there's no, apparently, there's no other way to describe 20,000 Chinese people other than just saying 20,000 Chinese people. What was the con- what was the context of this? Was it about like trade tariffs or something? Oh, here's here's the context. Um, so continuing quote: "The Chinese civilization is the oldest continuing civilization in the world. Okay, it's not going anywhere." He added that Chinese people were flocking to Shanghai Disneyland because they quote like and enjoy and embrace many aspects of Western culture. So he was actually um, defending China against allegations that the country was trying to influence Australian intelligence networks. Hmm. So, okay. so he's basically—I—I I, I enjoy this because he's got every aspect of this wrong. <laughs> it's great, like the idea that you would bother to—I mean, like I think we've talked about this before. There is a big difference between like seeing how unhinged American liberals are about Russia and election interference and stuff like that um, versus like you you don't have to you don't have to sort of <clears throat> believe that like China oh, sorry that Russia has personally rigged every voting machine in the United States 
to also believe that Russia will like employ espionage to get one up on its rivals on the world stage. Mm -hmm. Like that's not that's not by any stretch of the imagination unreasonable. I think it's a fairly established fact that different countries have intelligence agencies mm. and they use those to try and gather intelligence about each other. And like we have tons of shit like fucking Sam Dastiari taking shitloads of money to say to to like just chat away very openly to Hey, how about Chinese that South China Sea? How My about dudes, that? what's how about up with that? <clears throat> so um so yeah you know he he's all he's like defending china by saying hey why would they why would they bother to try and get intelligence out of us and influence our intelligence networks um which is sort of dumb to start with but then he also conducts his defense by just doing slurs has some full-on slurs too like what they're wild on what i <laughs> I just, I just don't understand like uh, how how what he was saying necessitated that in any way, shape, mm. or form. Yeah. It also rules like how much he would have been getting paid by Sky to be so bad at television to not realize that maybe doing full on like anti Chinese slurs um, might cause you some issues. Yeah, you can only be like a level eight racist on Sky. Yeah, you can't well, go all the way up to ten. You know. Well, that was the other thing about like the the um, you know admonishment from the from the CEO and all that kind of stuff. Where it's clear that the problem here is that he just forgot the crypto part of crypto racist. <laughs> yeah, it's he like, forgot uh, to like couch it in just bizarre um, abstractions and just said the. The quiet part loud instead well i mean let's go back to the quote from uh sky news chief mm. executive paul whitaker sky news is committed to robust discussion and debate however this language is totally unacceptable oh i i, I love it when debate is robust it's, <laughs> it's one of my favorite kinds of debate is just give me that robust debate i'm i'm, I'm here for uh robustly debating who who is and isn't human so um so yeah, that makes. Uh, I mean, he's you know he's apologized for it. Uh, post this, um, he's he's also been uh, suspended from the Liberal Party for four and a half years after like comparing um, comparing the Liberal Party to the Nazi Party <laughs> for for refusing to let him stand up and make racist speeches at party events and stuff, which is very cool. Um, so that makes that makes two of the original three outsiders hosts now who have been fired for uh, being quote extremely fucked up, mega racist, super racist, just super racist. And now um, all we can hope is that Rowan Dean's tight curls are trapped in an escalator and that he gets sunk <laughs> in there and then the show will be taken off the air. Oh, that's a great image. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so Andrew Bolt understandably got very upset about all of this and he wrote a column uh defending defending ross cameron now i will note in this defense that at no point does he actually like explain again why this particular sentence needed to be loaded with like anti-asian slurs but from andrew Bolt's column he says uh 
all those journalists and activists now calling sacked Sky News host Ross Cameron a, a quote, racist, scare quotes, racist, are fools or liars or just <laughs> lazy. Cameron was sacked last week by Sky News after an activist group tweeted a clip of him saying, quote, If you go to Disneyland in Shanghai on any typical morning of the week, you will see 20,000 black-haired, slanty-eyed, yellow-skinned Chinese desperate to get into Disneyland. The activists, sleeping giant, are of the left and determined to destroy Sky by attacking its advertisers. Hmm. <clears throat> I wonder if it's more that they would just like Sky to stop being overtly racist and How having people like hear those like, words and not think that they're racist. But like this, <laughs> this is great though. Like he, he says, Cameron Shaw gave them material to work with, stupidly using provocative language that, out of context, made him seem an anti-Chinese bigot. Provocative. But even when you, but again, like yeah, if if by provocative we are using the coded language for very racist, mm. um, but then you put it into context, and there is still just no yeah, adequate explanation. The context doesn't to, do anything good. Yeah, he's like, uh, China's not trying to influence our spy networks, and look at them all with their yellow skin and their slanty eyes. Like, <laughs> what? How how did that have to be inserted into that thing? Um, makes makes no sense. Um, the media left pounced. SBS said Ross Cameron has been let go from Sky News after on-air comments many said were quote racist or you know we could just call them racist. From the ABC, Ross Cameron sacked by Sky News after making racist comments. That's better. And from the Sydney Morning Herald, Ross Cameron sacked for racist comments. But the Sydney Morning Herald was still honest enough to confess after quoting the offending words. The context of the comment was not immediately clear. Hmm. It kind of was, though. <clears throat> yeah, but also when it comes to, like, um, Ross Cameron and Rowan Dean, it's also generally very difficult to ascertain context because both of them just ramble like Rave fucking like lunatics. lunatics. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> see, the idea of Cameron being anti-Chinese is a joke, he says. Is it? The, <laughs> <laughs> the claim that he showed racism, defined as prejudice against people of another race in the belief that one's own race is superior, is a lie. Oh, goodness. Cameron is in fact notorious as an apologist for China, and his badly chosen comment came during another long rave against its critics. I, uh, you know, you know, you're always having a good time when you have to say uh, the Macquarie Dictionary defines racism. Oh yeah, as, if you bring up the dictionary racism, you know it's bad. Oh dear. Uh, he denounced those who, like me, a Sky colleague, called China a strategic threat and defended it as the inheritor of the oldest continuous civilization in the world and our most important trading partner. Unlike the United States, he stormed, the Chinese have not dropped bombs on anyone else in recent decades and had instead lifted 800 million people out of poverty since 1980 in, quote, the greatest humanitarian achievement in human history. Cameron's, oh. quote slanty-eyed comments were meant to contrast the populist image of the Chinese hordes with the fact that many Chinese were just queuing to get into Disneyland, a symbol of US culture. Oh shit, we're the ones that are racist. That's yeah. right. Guess so. 
God. So, oh, I so fucking Cole, Cameron, hate it when I'm reflected in a dark mirror. <laughs> <laughs> but if you call him a racist, and parenthetically for using explicitly racist terms for no particular reason, uh, you're wrong, says Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. You sure dear. showed us. Oh, dear. That's, yeah, he didn't do particularly well on his smarmy logic front on this mm. one. Um, and, like... Yeah, I mean, I suppose with a lot of right-wing commentators, they really do love the whole trope of, like, um, divorcing uh, the substance of what you say with the intent, you know? They do love that whole thing of, like, ah, he may have used a bunch of explicitly racist slurs. He meant them also, positively. Yeah, he loves Chinese people. Loves them. Loves them. Dear, oh dear. So, um, so Bye, now, bitch. now we have lonely have to Rowan say on the Peace. 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 So, yes, um, only, only one left. Only Rowan Dean left. Who are they going to get? They're going to have to get, give Daisy a full-time show. Well, they had, um, they had, what's his fucking name? The, oh, I can't remember his name. Uh, the, the MP. Craig Landry. Yes, hmm. Craig, Craig Laundy. Craig, 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 Craig Laundry. Laundry. Craig man. Laundry. Um, Craig Laundry, the washing machine shaped man. Uh, they had him on, and it's just that kind of shit that just makes me go like, why? How can a government minister just go on a show that effectively operates as propaganda for them? Although I was seeing a clip the other day from like a Donald Trump election rally which was being covered by Fox News, and then, um, and then, uh, what's his fucking name, Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity just got up on stage and started, like, whooping up the crowd. And then Judge Janine got up there and started, like, talking to the crowd at a fucking Donald Trump political rally. And I was like, that's cool. Cool. Cool that, uh, you know, quote-unquote journalists from the quote-unquote fair and balanced network are literally just participating in, like, election rallies for the Republican government. So I guess uh, Craig Laundry going on outsiders doesn't seem quite as bad by comparison. Well, he also said that he's he's not getting paid. He's just in it for the, for the love of it. So I think it's probably fine if they're not getting... Just there to oh, say yeah. slurs. Just here. Just here for the slurs. Where Just else can you say slurs for free? Exactly. Mm. So, um, if we are to try to consider the future career of, uh, of one Ross Cameron, we need only look ahead to how things have been going for other former uh, Outsiders host, friend of the show, Mark Latham. Things have been going for Mark Latham as always very well, as they usually do. Mm. Um, I think very normally. Yeah, very normal. On on the previous bonus episode of the show, which you can subscribe to on patreon.com forward slash Buenta Vista, um, I believe we discussed the breaking news that Mark Latham had announced his intent to join Pauline Hansen's One Nation featuring Pauline Hansen. Um, and since then, there's been a bit bit of extra news about it. I believe we it. also made some bets. Oh. And I feel like mine's mine's going to gonna pay, you know? 
Yours is looking good. Um, I forgot about that. Oh, uh, we'll need to check in on it, but I think so. So the bet was we we were trying to throw on bets about like how how long it was going to take for the relationship between Mark Latham and Pauline Hanson to implode. To completely implode. It's on the way. What was your was your call like one or two weeks? Lindsay? I said a week. You said a week. Um, Theo said three months. Three months. Yeah. And I split the difference with one month. Um. I realize that's not really splitting the difference, but let's not get into that. Um, so, things are looking pretty good for Lucy. They're looking good. Because um, Mark uh, was was supposed to announce all of this on television with the leader of his new party. <clears throat> and I feel like it's it's the... I'm trying to remember the thing I was, I was reading about. Like, he did, he did, like, ads for the Lib Dems and One Nation during a recent election? Was that the deal? Okay. I have no idea. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, he did He did more than one uh, party's political ads during the last thing. Oh, wow. Of course he did. <clears throat> so it all went very well when, with this article from 10 Daily uh, by Siobhan Kenner, uh, Pauline Hanson and Mark Latham were set to appear on Studio 10 on Wednesday morning following the announcement that the former Labour leader will run for a spot on New South Wales Legislative Council for One Nation. But there was a major glitch with the planned interview. Mark Latham didn't turn up, <laughs> leaving his new party's leader to talk to Studio 10 alone while sitting behind an empty chair. An unmasked symbol of his absence so early in his time with One Nation. Oh. The pictures are just beautiful. I love that they didn't just like take the chair away either. Well, no, that, oh, that that was, yeah, they left it there. Yeah, that was a very stay. intentional move. They did it so that they could point out, like at one point, the host is just like, look at the empty chair here, as if that was out of their hands. <laughs> Where's Mark? <laughs> Where's Mark then, hey? Was she pissed? Was she pissed off? I reckon she's furious. Hard to tell, usually. Isn't it's it? you, you never know what's going you on with her emotions. Know. She's always in a very heightened emotional state. Mm. She's on the verge of crying, but I mean, yeah. Considering the what we were saying about the relationship with most uh, One Nation members who get elected, seems to be you run on the One Nation ticket and you get elected, and then in less than one month you have a falling out and publicly quit the party. Um, so this is kind of in keeping with all of that. I think Pauline's very used to being embarrassed by her candidates at this point. She loves it. She lives for it. It's her kink. Paul, Pauline looking to get cucked mm-hmm. on the political stage. That's right. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, Pauline said, I am absolutely thrilled to have him on board. <laughs> He's going to be a great state leader for the party. She told Studio 10, but host massive dickhead Joe Hildebrand pointed out the fact that Latham had already broken a promise by not appearing on the show. (laughs) Ah, it's the only good thing he's ever done. (laughs) But he's not on board. He's not here, Hildebrand said. He's not even become the New South Wales leader and officially endorsed Kennedy yet, but he's already broken his first promise at a time when people are losing faith in mainstream political parties and you're capitalising on that. Your straight-talking straight-shooter has just lied to our producer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. 
Angela Bishop was quick to question the integrity of Latham as a state leader and the strength of the marriage between Latham and Hanson. Quote, This morning is the time you've chosen to announce yourselves as a team. This was part of that announcement as a team, and the team isn't here, Bishop said. <laughs> uh, Bishop continued by quizzing Hanson on Latham's changing political ideology. Latham was the Labour leader when the party lost the 2004 federal election to John Howard. He quit federal politics in 2005. He's completely switched his ideology from what I believe were closely held beliefs, which aligned him and made him a lifelong member of the Labour Party, and it's gone all the way over to the other side. That's right, he's already... He's joined and left the Liberal Democrats in the space of, like, less than a year, you know? But, uh, yeah, apparently he was just, like, doing another interview right outside the same offices. Yeah, and, the, like, the... Um, they had, like, staff just, like, running around like crazy looking for him. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, I wasn't... Oh, me, no, 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 it doesn't ring a bell. He's off his bloody rocker. He absolutely is. Like, I don't... And I, I think when we were talking about this on this previous episode, I was saying, I don't know if the intention is for him to actually, like, run for a seat or anything, or if he's just in a in a leadership role or whatever um but apparently yeah the the plan is for him to run for like a a local government seat in new south wales um on a platform of stopping immigration right of course (sighs) of course um can't wait he's gonna be fucking crazy even crazier god can you imagine him being back in parliament Oh, no. God. Well, he God won't be forbid. back in Parliament. He'll be in the New South Wales Legislative Assembly. <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably not even going to get there. Let's let's be real. Although I feel like we keep saying that about things. and then About everything and then it so keeps happening. Anything mm. can come true. <sighs> it's a time of dreams Wish- coming true, you know. Anything can happen. It's a mm. magical time in the world. Wish it wouldn't. I wish it were. It's time. It's a time of magic. It's a time of mystery. It's a time of phantasms and ghosts. Halloween. And ghost buses. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, have you seen this? Have you heard about this ghost bus? You seen the bus? Yes. You seen bus memes? I know, uh, I know you might be thinking uh, perhaps the, the, the panel van that Scooby-Doo and the rest of the team drive around in. But no, that's not the ghost bus that I'm talking about. Uh, it's also called the Mystery Machine, not the ghost bus. Oh, Get man. a fucking clue. Oh, I goodness. bet there are so many people listening to this that are like, whoa, oh, I'm so glad that got cleared up. Oof. I've been calling Oof. it a ghost bus all these years. <laughs> <laughs> I am 37 years old, and every single day in conversation, I have been referring to the vehicles that the Scooby-Doo people drive as the ghost bus. Hey, you know those, you know that mystery solving team and their ghost bus? Everyone looks at me like I'm a damn fool. Yeah, I think they're called the ghost buses. <laughs> <laughs> Who you going to call ghost no buses? Ben, then. No, I, uh, I was trying to figure out a way how in real life to give that a thumbs down react. <laughs> <laughs> this is a comedy podcast, folks. Tries to be. Woo! Um, so this has been the the latest in the ongoing farce that is Scott Morrison's prime ministership. More I'll like be the prime first to say shit. It. He's a bloody right? drongo. <laughs> Absolute bloody drongo. 
Absolute galah. Stone the crows. <sighs> Reggie thinks. Crikey. It's truth. What a cunt. It's pretty wild, like, how quickly people have completely turned on him for this very obviously, like, manufactured suburban dad ocker personality thing. Well, it came out of literally nowhere. He went from He's being a cardboard cutout person. to being like, G'day, cover. Oh, I'm your Reggie Didge PM. <laughs> I don't think he's ever is... been a person. Oh, there was there was a really good piece on oh, from the say, monthly. The, yeah, the monthly Sean Kelly. Yeah, um, was it? it was, was like Sean the, Kelly. I can't remember what the article was called, but it was it was called like fantastic. the the appearing prime minister or something. Yeah, um, and yeah, it was basically about how Scott Morrison's career has essentially been defined by like refusing to refusing to kind of have a personality or details or any of that sort of stuff like a lot of it's been about the conspicuous refusal to commit to lots of different things um even from his time way back in first getting into parliament and even before that through to now but he was sort of um i guess the the main cut and thrust of the piece was that he has spent so long very very um, very assiduously uh, refusing to be painted into any particular box or defined in any particular way because that means that he can just move out of that particular phase of his political career and then define it himself um, once he's past that point. And that has kind of left him in this shape now where he's a bit of a bit of a no man and so he's now having to try and very quickly define himself for the electorate in these very, very broad brushstrokes, and people are not buying it. So it's a, it's a good piece. I would recommend checking it out. It's yep. quite a long read, but um, but that very article worthwhile. we couldn't think of the name of. Look it up. Shut up, Ben. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no link. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. I'm looking it up, you fucking prick. Um, <laughs> is it Leave No Trace? Is that what it is? Looking for Scott Morrison. Hey, what the fuck did I think that yeah. was? The Rise, Duck and Weave of Australia's No Fault Prime Minister from November the 1st, 2018 by Sean Kelly. Please, get on that. Uh, interesting piece, but yeah, it's... Uh, p- yeah, particularly interesting from that whole way that he's he's kind of declined to be defined as any particular thing um and there's there's lots of little interesting exchanges you know which are very telling about the way that he conducts himself now so for instance here you know as an excerpt from this it's talking about how during uh during an election campaign the australian reported that he had quote displayed an almost paranoid concern about answering even basic questions Later, as immigration minister under Tony Abbott, this tendency would be seen as a tactic to preserve secrecy around a controversial area of government policy. But the habit had been there all along. In government, it simply persisted. Morrison scrapped the practice of his department announcing the arrival of each boat carrying asylum seekers. He replaced it with a weekly briefing. Then he scrapped the weekly briefing in favour of a weekly press release, depriving journalists of the chance to ask questions. But even when he had been in the habit of appearing, his refusal to answer questions about what he dubbed, quote, on water matters had been notorious. Absurdist exchanges became expected. Uh, And this is one of those. Uh, Journalist. 
But in terms of making a judgment, if those asylum seekers do come to Australia, doesn't that mean your turn back the boats policy is kind of, and he interrupts to say, well, you've made a whole bunch of presumptions there on which I'm not about to speculate. Well, maybe you can clear them up for us, says the journalist. Well, you're the one making the presumptions, not me. So, <laughs> he just like immediately introduces an idea and then says, oh, well, that wasn't my idea. It's, um, <laughs> it's very very interesting particularly in light of the ghost bus business this week so this is from the sydney morning herald by a friend of the show michael coziol says the self-styled scomo express might be tearing up the bruce highway this week but for the most part prime minister scott morrison is touring queensland by jet pictures of the big bus emblazoned with the pm's face flooded his social media accounts on monday at the start of a four-day trek from the gold coast to townsville However, Fairfax Media has confirmed that Mr. Morrison and his staff will travel for most of the 1,500-kilometre journey aboard a Royal Australian Air Force VIP jet. The ghost bus will be left with only its driver on board for several key legs, including the 400-kilometre-plus stretch from the Sunshine Coast to Gladstone. Poor driver. 400 kilometres just driving a fucking big bus alone. billboard. Some nonce's head on it. (laughs) Uh... As Theo noted during the week, uh, really shows how much he knows Queenslanders by driving a massive blue bus across the state. Oh, yeah. It's really right in that colour, too. It's perfect. They love it. They love it. While Mr. Morrison's office stressed that the cost of the ScoMo Express was paid out of Liberal Party coffers, taxpayers will foot the bill for the VIP plane and hotel costs. All MPs are entitled to travel for legitimate work purposes on the public purse, though the PM's Queensland visit visit has been criticised by some observers for resembling an election campaign. Uh, And this is a thing that I feel like I I haven't actually cottoned to before. Um, Even during actual elections, taxpayers cover the travel costs until the parties hold their official campaign launches, which is why the launches are typically held very late in the campaign. I think that had never actually clicked with me, why they always hold their campaign launches like two weeks before the actual election. Huh. Because mm-hmm. after that date, they have to start paying for their own travel and shit. Fucking what a, terrible. What a good good bit. Good model. About half a dozen staffers usually accompany the Prime Minister on a trip, including two media advisors, a policy advisor, an executive officer and security. The overnight travelling allowance that can be claimed by senior staff varies depending on location. Uh, for Brisbane, it's $358 a night. That's ridiculous. Hmm. Queensland is a crucial battleground state in the general election. Isn't it weird that he'd be spending so much time there then? Mm, happy, strange. happy coincidence. Just interesting. Hmm. Of nine coalition-held seats with a margin of less than 2%, five are in the Sunshine State. Capricornia, Flynn, Ford, Petrie and Dickson, held by Home Affairs Minister Peter Dutton. Really ran out of that European flair uh, before the end uh, of the list. Well, how are you going to do that with Flynn? Come on, hit me. I can't. You're right. Thank you. Uh, the government's poor showing at the Longman by-election to Brisbane's north saw the coalition's primary vo- vote fall by nearly 9%. So, um, you know, this is this is all pretty obviously just a big pork-barrelling journey to cruise around through Queensland, acting like you're interested and doing everybody a favour. Getting the image of being a, a hard-working PM who's, you know, he's getting on a bus every day, doing a long journey... 
seeing the countryside. Oh, I'm a regular bloke. I travel by bus. <laughs> Except, Except I don't. Except when you're not travelling by bus. Um, I love these sorts of quotes. Um, Liberal politicians played down concerns about the party's fortune in the Sunshine State. Luke Howarth, who holds the marginal seat of Petrie, said Mr. Morrison was hopeful of picking up new seats such as Lily, where Labour's Wayne Swan is retiring. Quote, he's just up here looking around, saying g'day and listening to people, Mr. Howarth said. I'm certainly not worried. I'm just getting on with the job. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever the fuck that means. What the fuck does that mean? Oh... Uh, long-serving Queensland Senator Ian McDonald, massive fucking prick, said he never despaired about the party's fate in his home state, predicting a better outcome than many expect. He said Mr. Morrison's interest in Queensland was not a sign of, quote, panic, but one of pragmatism. So, um, very, like, yeah, just hugely obvious that, um, that this is nothing other than just starting an election campaign early. Asked whether his Queensland tour amounted to a quasi-election campaign, Mr. Morrison replied, This is me doing what I do. I'm out. I'm listening. I'm hearing. And I'm doing. That's what I'm doing as a Prime Minister. Listening and hearing. Fantastic. I love to hear that someone is doing. And that that is what they are doing. (laughs) Well, that's just what they do. They do. You know, want to know what I do? I do what I do. And what I do, I'm doing. Do be like that. Now, so this this whole thing led to what I'm going to very comfortably say is one of the most surreal and absurd exchanges that I have ever seen between a politician and a journalist in my adult life. I don't think that that's overstating it. Um, I'm I'm going to ask you folks, long time listeners of the show. To cast your mind back to the very first incident of Boat Watch, which is I'm where... Just, um, I'm just imagining this thing. It's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like if Jesus. we were a proper podcast, we would have been able to at least have a little taste of this Folks, thing just here. fill in the gap with your imagination. Hum it, think we c- if you can. You, you think we can just afford stings wherever we want? <laughs> is that Not the movie saying? Dune, for heaven's sake. Well, they the could film only afford one Sting, couldn't from they? From 1984. <laughs> Sting. Um, Jesus Christ. Look. <laughs> I'm having anyway. a great time over here. <laughs> you are ungrateful, ungrateful sons of bitches. <laughs> but look, folks. Look, folks. If, if you and my petty co-hosts can cast your minds back to the very <laughs> first incident of Boat Watch. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. Wow. Thanks. He did all that work to cure it up. Just, to, just to take it out, out of his tiny little storage box. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the little velvet wooden box, the velvet lined, I should say, wooden box in which we keep the stings. I got out my, not, my little key and opened my tiny cyber box. And then Theo has kicked the door open and he has pulled out his penis and he has pissed directly into the box. I know, and I loved that box. <sighs> well, it's full of piss now, isn't it? It is. Well, it's not full. Theo's bladder capacity is about 45 milliliters, so it's... <laughs> It's a little bit, but it's enough to ruin the velvet. Is that why he pees every 20 minutes? <laughs> He's like a little bird. 
<laughs> um, anyway, cast your minds back to Boatwatch, folks, in which uh, we first introduced uh, the mayor of Queensland City, Logan. Am I correct? Logan? That's right. That's yeah, correct. Logan. It's a city, yep. Okay, cool. Whew. Oh, thank God. Um, who had illegally accepted a boat and he was forced into a truly absurd exchange where he was asked point blank over and over again by the same journalist in an interview whether or not he had just uh, improperly received a luxury boat. Uh, and he kept saying, well, that's what we're here to find out. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I'll let you know when I see it in the news or whatever. And it was extremely good. But I think we found a pretty worthy successor to that interview. And much like the original uh, Boat Watch segment, I would like Ben and Theo to act out this interview for us. I would like them to dramatize this interview for us. So, fellas, what do you think? Are you, um, are you both keen to lay this on our listeners? I've been doing vocal warm-ups. Excellent. Hmm, my vocals are never warm, but that's... <laughs> I think part of the charm. Ice cold, brittle vocals. Mm, flighty. Um, well, in that case, folks, I, I introduce to you a one-act play. I'm pulling back the curtains. It's a very squeaky, squeaky wheel thing that I'm winding over on the side. Now, this is very different to when we normally pull back the curtain. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, that's a this different, is a different set of curtains. Curtain. Yeah. This is more of a performative pulling back of the curtains. Uh, and I introduce to you a single-act play starring Dear Sweet... Uh, Benjamin McClay as Prime Minister of Australia, Scott Morrison, and uh, beautiful Theo as journalist. Fellas, take it away. All right, I feel like that lily's been thoroughly gilded, but let's go. (laughs) Prime Minister, you're on the bus tour. Why are you flying? (laughs) Well, the bus is going all the way up to Rocky, and that's where it was always planning to go. I mean, it's a big state, and I need to cover as much of it in four days as I can. So we were never planning to take the bus to Townsville. We'd always planned to take that last leg up to Townsville by plane because that was the most effective way to get there and to spend the most time there with people on the ground. I mean, these visits aren't about sitting on a bus. (laughs) They're about actually engaging with small businesses and our supporters and the people of Queensland and listening to them. Then why have the bus? Because it gets me from A to B. So will we be taking the bus to Rockhampton from here? Yes, the bus will be going to Rockhampton from here. That's right. (laughs) With you on it. I've got to get there earlier than the bus tonight. (laughs) So you'll be (laughs) flying to Rockhampton. I'll get into Rockhampton tonight, and I've got a program tonight in Rockhampton, and the bus can't get me quick enough, so I've got to fly. (laughs) So you'll be flying, flying to Rockhampton, and the bus will catch up with you, and then you'll fly on to Townsville? I'll be flying on to Townsville. And your point is what? I'm just interested in the point of the bus if you're not on it. I am on it. I just got off it. (laughs) (laughs) But not on to Rockhampton or Townsville. Yeah, well, it's a practical thing. I want to spend as much time on the ground with Queenslanders and when I can be on the bus and go from place to place on the bus, that's great. But I'm not going to sacrifice time with Queenslanders, listening to them and hearing them and talking to them about what's important to them just to satisfy the media's interest in the timetable for the bus. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So good. Hey, you oh. guys bought up the bus. 
It's you guys, amazing. you guys keep bringing up the, this bus with an eight-foot-tall picture of my head on the side of it. This gigantic bus that we've hired for attention that you're paying so much attention to. Please stop paying attention to the huge bus. Why you guys keep asking about the bus? Let's stop looking the at the thing I literally got because it's eye-catching. Well, but like, but they, yeah, they, they have like genuinely fashioned the entire thing as the prime minister on. They named it the ScoMo Express. Oh, boy. God. More Touring like, all the way up uh, the country. The No-Sco Express, because he's not on it. Hey. Ooh. Good. Nice yeah. one. <laughs> Is that not going to... All right. Yeah, chew on that. Hmm. Uh, full credit to this. Well, almost full credit. So, I'm not sure who the first two questions were from, but everything after Then Why Have the Bus was ABC Sunshine Coast reporter Owen Jacques. Jacques? Jax? I'm not sure... How fancily he pronounces his surname, but he just really went for it. Uh, and there is video of it if you go to his Twitter, and it's very, very satisfying. So good. So good. Then why have the bus? Well, I it's need the bus so to get perfect. around, but you're not on the bus. I oh, can't. I was just on I the bus. I just I can't just get over. Will you be taking the bus to Rockhampton from here? Yes, the bus yes. will be going to Rockhampton <laughs> from here. That's right. <laughs> and it, 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 just with the confidence of someone who thinks that they've like crafted a perfect logic <laughs> position. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, this logic is impossible to fit to defeat. And they go, but you're not on the bus, right? Fuck, fuck. Oh, it's so fucking dumb. And like. Obviously, the beef that people have with this is that it's just blatant electioneering. It's just blatant, like, him cruising around Queensland and announcing, like, little pork-barreling measures six months out from what will probably be the election. Um, Hopefully, it's not that long. Probably four months out from the election. And doing it in a fucking giant bus emblazoned with his face he's doing all of his like little social media videos direct from the bus he has to be sitting on the bus holding a little crate of strawberries like a fucking moron and he and then when he's actually interrogated about like well why are people paying all this money for you to fly around in private jets if you have this fucking bus for this specific thing and he's like why is why is everybody so interested in the bus I think the logical uh, way this is going to end is Bill Shorten um, doing a gigantic, like, 42-day Greyhound bus tour. (laughs) Just sitting on the bus in silence for, like, days at a time. Too sheepish to introduce himself to voters when he actually gets into town. But clearly having a great time. Oh, he loves it. Writing down all the different types of trains he's seen on the way up there. (laughs) Hey, can I actually, um, can I give a special fuck you this week to Bill Shorten? Um, I'll allow it. What do you think? Well, um, super shitty New South Wales leader of the opposition, Luke Foley. Or as I called him in the group chat today, Puke Foley. (laughs) Thank you, Lucy. That was good. That was a good one. Theo acting like his was better. What was what was yours? No, we don't need to. Yeah, go into right. that. Say it. <clears throat> uh, Theo went for Luke Gropy, and uh, it, okay. it didn't track at all. I mean, very literally, it describes what he did. Doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't really rhyme. It doesn't. Also, anyway, just want to say, as I am a lawyer, mm-hmm. you can't be sued for defamation if it's on a podcast. Really. 
Mm. Yes. I've, I've studied law. That's the truth. So, we're fine. We can say that Luke Foley sexually assaulted uh, a journalist at a function, but no one else can. Hmm. Um... So, so yeah, big big piece of shit, Luke Foley, who we all already knew was a piece of shit due to his fucking abysmal leadership of New South Wales Labor. Um, when when Mike Baird was was the Liberal Premier of New South Wales and said we're yeah, going to ban like- greyhound racing after this horrifying expose of the tens of thousands of greyhounds that get turned into mulch every year because of the fucking horrible racing industry. Luke Foley was there to say, no, you shouldn't do that. You should let them kill the dogs. He was. I wonder where I knew his name from. Yeah, he fucking sucks. He fucking sucks. He was also the one who... um, who... uh, we, We talked about him on a previous episode when he was doing his whole white flight bit white flight from New South Wales mm. suburbs because there's too many brown people moving in. Uh, and lots of people said, hey, uh, do you have any idea where the term white flight comes from? And he was like, let's not get into that. Um, so just a huge piece of shit all around. He's been absolutely terrible. Several weeks ago, there was a, uh, I think during parliament or during question time or whatever in, in local uh, state parliament, um, somebody from the Liberal Party, the governing Liberal Party, basically made a suggestion that they would air um, accusations of sexual harassment against Luke Foley. Um, and this caused Luke Foley to emulate also a big piece of shit Barnaby Joyce in his approach, in which he freaked out and started pointing his finger at people across the chamber and saying, oh, is that the way you want to play it? then I'll reveal all of your secrets and your secrets and your secrets because everyone else has things that could get them fired for this shit, which I think we can all agree is like a pretty pretty big leap away from saying, you'll find I have not sexually assaulted anyone. Mm, yes. It's quite different, in fact, to say like, oh yeah, well, you've all sexually assaulted someone too. <laughs> as far as bad looks go. So, um, today there was an announcement from ABC News and it was from uh, the journalist that he had allegedly sexually assaulted. So, apparently this is one of those things that was just a, an open secret in New South Wales Parliament that uh, Luke Foley had several years ago drunkenly sexually assaulted this reporter at a Christmas party. She had opted to not make any formal complaints and not take it anywhere through her work which is her choice uh because she i think quite rightly said hey you know what tends to happen to women who publicize their their issues with this stuff uh they get fucking crucified Mm. and she's right um so she finally made a public statement today explaining what he had done which was gross he came up to her at the at a Christmas party and shoved his hand down an opening in the back of her dress into her Yuck. underpants. Yuck. And um, grabbed her ass. And 
he has made a f- like two phone calls to her since then. One saying how sorry he was and that he was going to resign. And then another one a few days later saying he was still very sorry, but he wasn't going to resign. Oh, cool. Um, oh, I've received legal advice saying that I shouldn't resign, he said. Oh, Great. yeah, sure. Um, so, she she basically came out with this and said, look, this has all been going around and we want to... I want to, you know, just explain this thing and move the fuck on with my life. Again, very reasonable. Um, Luke Foley's reaction to this was to call a press conference at 5.30 today that he would make an announcement about his future. All of the reports coming out of the New South Wales Labor Party were that he was going to resign. Um, And instead, he announced that he was going to resign, but also that she was a big lying bitch and he was going to sue her. So, um, massive Great piece guy. of shit. Massive piece cool of guy. shit. Right to the end. Mm. Yeah, um, huge piece of dog shit. And a whole bunch of journalists bailed Bill Shorten up about this today. And said, so here's the deal. What do you think? And he said, I am not going to comment on this. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, he was just like, oh, this has only just come out in the news and I haven't had a chance to read this statement, so I'm not going to comment on it. What? Horse shit. Bullshit. Which, like, I I saw somebody on Twitter saying, like, man, any one of those journalists should have just given him their fucking phone with the statement on it and said, we'll wait 40 seconds for you to read this thing. We'll wait. So, you know, it's just that classic... Bill Shorten lack of intestinal fortitude and ability to just say what I think we would all like somebody who's from the, I guess, you know, uh, nominatively left-leaning party in Australia. Mm. Wouldn't it be nice if he said, hey, if he did sexually assault this reporter, he needs to fucking resign now. Hmm. There is no place for that in the Labour Party. stance on something. Imagine... But instead, I'm sure Bill Shorten was just way the fuck too scared of having anyone in the Labour Party go, oh, no, you didn't display loyalty to the death to some fucking member of the Labour Party. Mm. And that's why Bill Shorten's getting a big Bunta Vista fuck you this week. Yeah. Fuck you, Bill. Should we, uh, should we take a few questions for the old mailbag before we get out of here? We got time for a couple of questions. Yeah, yeah. we got anywhere up to several minutes. Six, in fact. Oh. Ooh. Ooh, hammer him out. <clears throat> Dear sweet friend of the show, Lydia asks, uh, how many tens have Lucy hanged? Uh, shaka emoji, <laughs> shaka emoji, shaka emoji. Uh, in fact, I've, I've hanged 11. I've oh. sometimes hanged 12. Oh. It's, it's unclear to me what it means, but I, I know it's a surf thing. I feel like hanging 11 is with your penis and hanging 12 <laughs> must be with your breasts. All right. Uh, I mean, that, that'd be 13, right? No, well, you're not, no, you're not doing those things at the same time. 13 oh, is all of them. I see. I see. Right. Thirteen's <laughs> all. Uh, um, in answer to that question, no, I will. I will simply never surf. Hmm. Have you like? Have you gone swimming at least? Are you getting in the yeah, water? Yeah, I got to the beach. The beach is super nice. It's very nice here. I'm going to become an outdoors person. Oh hell yeah! Um, we we actually have a lot of Hawaii specific questions for Lucy here. 
Oh, um, get him out. Friend of the show, single payer Sonic Empreg asks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did did Lucy make her boyfriend a democracy sausage when he voted? Oh, I was going to do that. That would have been so nice. No, I'm been. an asshole. I don't do nice things for my boyfriend. Do they uh, do they sell normal sausages over no, there? No, there was nothing. We went to a school. There was like nothing there. There was like no signs. There was no food. It was garbage. Hmm. Simply garbage. No wonder the democracy's just gone to shit here. Wow. <laughs> Politics, baby. We Politics, don't hold back. baby. <laughs> Lover of the show, Travis Jordan, asks, how is your new spam-based diet treating you? Uh, it's delicious. Have you I'm, actually been hooking into the spam? I've been hooking into the spam. I'm very non-vegetarian now. The it's spam like, is delicious. It's oh, like wow. spam is fucking immune to heat. You can put That's spam good. in a frying pan on the highest possible heat and lean on it for like it five minutes. It just crisps on the outside. So at McDonald's no, for breakfast, you can get same. a fried spam plate with rice and scrambled eggs and fried spam what? and soy sauce. It's delicious. Fuck. I got some uh, Korean army stew a little while ago. What the fuck is that? So um, you know how obviously Korea would have had a big American military presence for right. quite a while due to the old Korean War? Mm. So spam, so spam involved. Yeah. So um. So of the of the like Korean hot pot style things where they they bring out a big like soup base over a gas hot plate with a whole mm-hmm. bunch of stuff in it. Um. Yeah. Me and Elna got the Korean army stew at a place a while ago, and it has just like um sliced up hot dogs and chunks of spam in it. And Sounds like, kind of good. Yeah, I, I was I was eating it and I was like, cool, I kind of wish I got the pork belly one instead yeah. of the spam one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's my life. Uh, beautiful friend of the show, a big bag of keys, uh, asks, well, says, last time I was in Hawaii, I was swimming at the beach and a big turtle just came right up. It was so cool. Anyway, do you reckon Latham gets kicked out of one nation or gets mad and leaves? <laughs> oh, I reckon he gets mad and leaves. Yeah. I reckon he's going to lose his mind at something. Like, at the fact that he's not the grand leader. Or yeah, whatever. I reckon the, the playing grand second wizard fiddle of one nation. To, um, playing second fiddle to Pauline is really going to do a number on him. Yeah, yeah he's going to crack the shit to Pauline's incompetence. Because he's going to try and turn the party into an organized fighting machine based on 17th century political tactics. And then she's just going to, like, not do any of the things that he wants. And then she's going to get pissy when he gets pissy about it. And then he's going to say, fuck is. And then he's going to leave. And then he's going to join the Hunters and Fishers party. Shooters and mm. Fishers, I should say. Hmm. He's just going mm. to exhaust all of the parties. He'll just go through them all. Motor enthusiasts, Shooters and Fishers. Sustainable Australia. Anti-pedophile party. Dick Smith's the, one. The Shoots, the Eats and Leaves party. <laughs> 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 oh boy! <laughs> oh, Theo, you are a card. Oh. I even got that wrong. It should be the eats, eats shoots, and, and leaves. leaves. Yeah. Oh, I've I've heard a different version. Same thing. <laughs> same concept. Same general idea. Your lifestyle. <laughs> hey. <laughs> That's the opposite of what you've done. That's absolutely the opposite of what I've done. <laughs> You haven't eaten, you haven't rooted, and you're still there. <laughs> still here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, friend of the show. Oh, wife of the show. Sorry. Mm. Come on, everybody. Get some kisses. Wow. Theo, do a kiss. Oh, that's very gentle. Very adorable. That's adorable. That's good. Wife of the show, Charlie Evans, asks, uh, "Would you pay my petrol money to tailgate Scummo's bus around the country, playing Venga Bus at an annoyingly loud level?" <laughs> He's never in it. We wouldn't really be getting a return on. You'd just be harassing that poor bus driver. Yeah. Poor yeah. worker, just trying to get his get his paycheck, and um, you're out there blasting Venga boys at him. He's got to unionize. If so, that bus driver's listening, he needs to he needs to just go on strike. I'll I'd maybe modify the deal. I will pay you to tailgate Scomo, and I don't mean in a car. I mean physically wherever he's walking. If you're like six inches behind him in your car, mm. that would be amazing. Mm, I'd you pay for it. Might get shot, but through the halls of Parliament, driving your. <laughs> I assume mid nineties Daewoo, uh, right up there. That I support. I'll pay for your petrol money, and you can get a can of Solo every time you fill up. Ooh. I'll buy you McDonald's the Sunday. Big cans. I'll buy you a meal. I'll buy you a Big Mac meal. Oh, yeah, you can have right. whatever you want from oh, McDonald's. In fact, not all of us are that rich, so maybe don't mm. show me up like that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I reckon that's probably going to do us for this week, folks. Thank you for joining us. As always, you can find um, an extra episode every week for only five American dollars a month, which is what so Lucy's handling. About 35 Australian dollars, as I've understood <laughs> with changing my, my money. Uh, Elder and I were trying to figure out like um, Singapore dollars today and then she looked at the mm-hmm. conversion and it's like 99.9999999 equals one Australian dollar we oh. like, cool that's hell yeah spot on pretty spot on mm. anyway five US dollars will get you an extra episode every week uh, you can head on over to patreon.com Punta Vista for that one uh, so you know thanks Anything uh, we've oh. we got a crime pass, Ben? The, the crime pass is that anyone, if they want, can tailgate uh, Scott Morrison uh, yep. six mm. inches behind him on your car, just fucking riding his Achilles tendons. If his protective <laughs> services guys um, look like they're going to shoot you, take out the crime pass from your from your like Simply breast pocket. Yeah, Reach into your breast pocket for like very suddenly. For the, I know this isn't particularly <laughs> environmentally friendly, but I, I do recommend that you print it out on a, a piece of paper because it's going to look way more formal. You could have mm. doctored something that was on your phone, but a, 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 print, a printed document has a little more Probably authenticity laminated. to it. Probably laminated. Maybe a little yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. nice. You're going to need that because there might well be blood getting on it. Yeah. <laughs> Or if you get pushed into a pool in some sort of hilarious scene. <laughs> you don't want to lose your crime pass. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a fountain you can get pushed to at, into a parliament house? Well, they could push you into Lake Burley Griffin. Uh, so, mm. yeah, laminate that bad boy. Laminate yeah. it. So, until next week, folks, uh, thanks very much. And we're finally letting you out of the thatched hut now. Um, we're chiseling apart <laughs> the glued together beaded curtains. And you are finally able to go. Uh, Lucy's How? standing right outside. She's offering you a gross fish with its guts hanging out. <laughs> Why am I doing oh God? How fucking satisfying would it be to kick open that glued together beaded curtain? Oh, yeah. Just oh, the glue snapping in little bits? It'd be fucking... Yeah. Oh. You want to give it the old two-footed wrestling drop kick. Oh, you know? the dream. Mm. The dream. Uh, and look, just before we go, 
Theo, what would you like to say to the people? Um, I'm sorry for dropping out midway through this episode. Oh, you're still here though. I mean, yeah, you're actually, here emotionally. I was actually I was trying to I was trying to make a like an F sharp program compile, uh, which involves hitting Shift F five, and I did that in the in the main window, which immediately did a full refresh of the page. So I am oh, wow. sorry f- for that, and uh, no, no, uh, probably look, look. also for not paying full attention to no, the show. No, no, no. <laughs> let let us all apologize to you for distracting you from the program you're yes. trying to get running. So very sorry. <laughs> Yeah, F-sharp's F a functional programming language, right? That's right. It's for nerds. Yeah, you're doing some hardcore nerd shit. I'm not smart enough for that. I can't think in recursion. My brain just doesn't do it. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm like, there's there's one thing that's just like doing a loop and it's impossible. So, uh, Oh, cool. Hmm. Anyway, um, is there something I should be sorry for, Andrew, apart from all of that? No, that's enough. I okay. mean, you didn't say that you had to apologize for something. You apology that you, you immediately left to. You brought this up. I, I apologize to Theo, that's true, for distracting him <laughs> from, his, <laughs> from his programming. And that's it, folks. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.